Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand, a podcast for leading financial professionals or rainmakers and their teams that offer support for securing a successful future. From marketing help to staffing structure, listen and subscribe for actionable insights from advisors and skilled professionals alike. Hello, and welcome to today's Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand. I'm Terry Chadoff, and I'm pleased that Chelsea Kantz is joining me for today's session. Chelsea and I recently attended the Traffic and Conversion Conference earlier this year, one of the largest digital conferences in the country with hundreds of top speakers. Today, we want to talk to you about the customer journey and best practices in tracking. Before we get into the details, I want to share some of the overviews of the conference. First, to no one's surprise, artificial intelligence, AI, is taking over. It's turning more people into mass consumers and mass creators. Ideally, you're going to be the latter and be a mass creator. AI slash algorithms are dictating what you consume. You don't control the contents that serve to you. For instance, there were over 30 Google algorithms updates between 2021 and 2023. I suggest that you drive the content you consume, but also the content that you're delivering. AI is a powerful tool, but you need to incorporate your voice into all of the messaging and make that actual intelligence is how I like to refer to AI. Second thing is algorithms first, not followers first. And what does that mean? Think about the social content that you're consuming. Generally on a Twitter slash X or Facebook, you're served content based on your previous behaviors, previous actions, not necessarily those that you follow. Same can be said with YouTube. When you think about even the tabs, often it is suggested for you versus subscribed or followers. And third, acquisitions costs keep going up. So you have to be smarter with your dollars and your marketing. One of the ways to be smarter about that is really understand the customer journey and track the effectiveness of your marketing efforts. I'm going to introduce Chelsea, who's going to talk about the customer journey and eventually how you track that throughout the process. Hey, yeah. So I really love this topic about traffic and conversion and the importance of tracking because you really can't understand where you are at with the prospect or client when it comes to um, the traffic you're driving or the conversions that you're creating without proper tracking. Um, and a term that used that was used at the convention was sort of the growth engine. So that's essentially like your customer acquisition engine. It's basically just a visual representation of how your customers happen. And it's different than the marketing funnel, which you're used to. Um, this is simultaneously more broad and more detailed than the traditional marketing funnel where you have, you know, your awareness phase, your consideration phase, et cetera. So this is essentially a chart where you each stage of the funnel happens. You know, how do they become aware of you? And then you outline each way that is and everything sort of spiders off from each other. So if you were to start with the awareness, that's where you begin, you would say, they become aware of you through paid ads, you know, other paid media. And then from there, you literally just draw lines out to the different areas. And then each checkpoint where you have communication with your prospect, that is another area where the customer journey continues to build. So a lot of people think they know this journey, like front and back. But in reality, our businesses evolve so often that it's hard to keep track of where your customer is at and if 
you have a seamless customer journey. Maybe you did know exactly how they experience your brand front to back a year ago, a couple years ago. But each time you change your business a little bit, that journey becomes a little bit different. So, you know, you start with your cold traffic channels. And like I said, it spiders into different areas like social content, blog content, forms on your homepage, ebooks, and then it goes off into lead gen webinars, email nurture campaigns. So it's they're basically just like you're charting the checkpoints on your customer's journey. And then if you can't show where your customers are coming from, that's why this is so important. That is actually the first snag in your entire marketing process. Great insights, Chelsea. You know, I want to kind of piggyback off what, you, what you've shared. So as Chelsea was talking about the customer journey, there's really three areas that you want to look at every lead. One are never leads. And what are never leads? Those are people that you're sending emails to, sending invites to, sending direct mail to, calling, but they have no response. So there, there is no interaction. Second one is a leader lead, which perhaps means they want to buy from you, but they're just not ready. So they're aware of a problem that they have. They may be aware of the solution, but they don't see the urgency. They don't understand why they need to take action today versus in the future. And the third category are the now leads. The now leads are the easiest to identify simply because you've had the most meaningful interactions with them. Not only have they opted in to subscribe, but they spent time watching your videos. They participate in webinars, perhaps even a attended a right fit call that, that you've evaluated. Again, they just need that little bit more of a push personalization and say action is, is now ready to be taken. Chelsea, can you talk a little bit about the uh, customer journeys that we're serving with uh, some of our advisors, such as JL Smith? So as I was talking about just the whole tracking process, we do that on the C2P side and on the JL Smith, you know, with JL Smith as one of our agency clients. They are different. Obviously, the yields from auditing those customer journeys are different because just the structure of the businesses are different. But like I said before, the importance of that action is just so critical. And the information that you can get out of that will help you immensely in just like making your marketing more targeted and, you know, making sure any new team members are aware of the customer journey and any changes in the business have been reflected in the process as well. So we're actually right in the middle now of doing that at JL Smith. Like we've done it before, but last quarter we did an audit for our prospect communication as a long-term initiative. As I mentioned before, these things are not able to be done overnight because if you're really doing it right, you're tracking every little touch point that your customer or prospect has with you. So some of the things that we looked for were, you know, wanting to know what the customer, what the prospect communication process looks like from start to finish between the first time they interact with your brand to when they move their assets over to you, you know, and we also looked at is the cadence of each piece of communication flowing to the client or prospect appropriate? Like, that's the whole point of this is seeing are there any gaps? Are there points in time where they're kind of left waiting in the wings, not being nurtured down the funnel, as it were? And then also just other things like voice, maybe they get an email here or a social post here, but the voice is not unified. That can actually impact your customer journey and also just sort of throw off your overall brand. So that's important. And then well, on a light level, what we also touched on was who is responsible for what or um, what third party or other piece of technology is being used in lieu of a person communicating with prospects. 
So then if you know who is responsible, then you can kind of optimize from there. So Chelsea, as you talked about optimization, certainly some of our larger advisors, such as JL Smith or Ellison Wealth, they use several different lead sources. How important, can you give an example of some of the lead sources and how you measure the effectiveness of some lead sources may be more beneficial to an advisor versus others? So we, as part of this tracking process that I was talking about, we outlined all of our lead sources. So got very granular with it. So webinars, workshops, both in-person and virtual, um, ebook nurturing campaigns, centers of influence, client appreciation events. Those are both virtual and in-person as well. Small group events, direct mail campaigns, all of those things. Um, some are more important than others, as in like... Um, they yield more uh, prospects from those. So I would say um, webinars and workshops were our top ones that we focused on because there's a lot more communication also sent around those. So when we were auditing this whole uh, process, we were specifically focusing on like, okay, what are the certain nurture campaigns associated with this particular webinar or this particular workshop? And then it is a lot of information. You're compiling all of these things, but it's so critical to do that because, like I said, then you can spot the gaps. And also it's about knowing where your target audience is at each point in the process. And, you know, that'll tell you how much money you should throw behind certain initiatives other than, over than others. Does that make sense? That, that's great insight. And, and one thing that our audience should consider is these aren't tactics just for prospecting. So you mentioned events and the importance of developing tight and relationships with center of influencers, COIs, and your current clients for future referrals is critically important. So don't forget those groups when you are measuring your customer journey. Just don't think about existing customers or prospects in, in terms of a customer going through and transferring more assets, but also think about when you appease them to such a high level that they become an advocate, then they start bringing in their family and friends into your practice. No easier way to generate business is from your current clients. So make sure you're treating them and offering opportunities and events, whether it's a charity event, a shredding day, a day at the ballpark, whatever the case may be. Make sure you're inviting your guests, your clients, and making sure that they invite guests. Generally, your clients are being associated with like-minded, like assets, individuals such as themselves. So this is all great stuff in, in terms of how you identify and the customer journey. But one thing we need to talk about is how you really track it. You've mentioned a couple of times, Chelsea, looking at, at different measurements. Uh, one thing that, that I would like to talk about is uh, knowing the numbers. Uh, each of you should really understand uh, what is the revenue you're generating from each of your clients on the average? And why is that important? It allows you to understand how much you can invest still having a net positive return. So actually, it's not starting at the very first of how many prospects do I need into the funnel? How many do I need to not nows uh, leads? How many buy nows and, and right fit? It actually starts with the end game in mind, which and reverse engineer all the way down to the bottom. Again, lifetime value. So don't just think of your marketing in year one. If your average client stays with you 7.2 years and you make X amount of money, make sure that you're allocating those dollars and what do you feel comfortable investing into your marketing? 
So it's not always a year one payback. It may be a year two, year three payback, knowing your average client uh, stays with you for, in my example, 7.2 years. Uh, hopefully it's longer and hopefully those assets then get transferred over to children's and the next generation. And you have relationships with those next generations. Hence the importance of family and current client events. Keep your measurements very simple. Where we see often reporting going astray is when they're trying to capture 15, 20 different measurements. Look at three objectives when you're doing anything. Three is really the magic number. Keep it manual. Oftentimes people think, well, I'm going to automate. Well, the problem with automation is that you automatically forget that it's automated and it's coming through. So take the time to understand the numbers. And plus, you'll be able to see, is your automation set up correct by if you do it manually? So when best practices for measuring is frequency, whether that's weekly or monthly, and I would recommend at minimum it's a monthly, is are you achieving your goals? Are you getting enough prospects into the pipeline? Whatever your goal is. Now, each of your objectives should be measured on a red, yellow, green basis. They're very simple. Green is on target or head of goal. Yellow is off, but you have a plan. We know how to address it. And the most concerning is the red, which means stop in a stoplight, obviously. It's off and you don't have a plan to correct and get it back on track. We hope that you have very few reds, but that's where you really need to understand, is that objective, is that goal realistic? And each goal really should be measured by the impact that will have your business. So you have a, a matrix that evaluates every idea based on the payback you're going to have. So how many dollars, assets under management you'll have and the amount of resources it takes. So you can have one client, but if it takes you $100,000 to acquire that client, it's probably not profitable. So measure the resources, not only dollars, but time. What is the effort from your firm to do that? Your job is to ensure your team is moving your reds to yellows and yellows to green. That is the, the importance of you as a manager. I would also say, do not change your objectives more than each quarter. Your staff can't handle that. Chelsea, anything you want, else you want to talk about reporting? Yeah, absolutely. So sort of piggybacking off of what you're talking about, like with the metrics, you know, turning reds to yellow, yellow to green, et cetera. A lot of people, this kind of ties into, are you spending your marketing dollars in a smart and efficient way? Because a lot of people will be managing your marketing and then, you know, you keep hitting these green metrics. They're green all the time, right? And you might think like, oh, it's going well. So let's just throw more money behind it to a certain extent. But once it, you've already hit that, you should really be focusing on, like you said, picking up the other slack. Like, where are you not hitting your target numbers? Don't throw more money behind things that you're already succeeding on. Try and pick up the rest of everything so that once you're all at green. And I will say that something we learned at the conference is like the best thing for you to see, and it might seem a little counterintuitive to what you've been saying, but the best thing that you can see is turning green metrics to yellow. And that is because that means you're scaling up. That means you're growing. It's like anytime you set new priorities for the quarter or new goals, if you've been consistently exceeding certain marks, because we use a scorecard to track everything on the C2P side, when it comes to marketing, we track our MQLs, our SQLs, 
right fit calls held, all of that. And we know them like the back of our hand. So we have these numbers in mind and we know them so well that once we are consistently hitting our goals, then when we re- have a meeting to reassess, we're like, all right, well, it's obviously time to scale this up. So for the first little bit, that number will be in the yellow because you just set a new metric, but that means you're scaling up. So, but then that starts the whole engine again, turn the yellow to green, turn the red to yellow. So it's really, it's a like a machine. And so that's something that I want to say is just make sure that you are focusing your dollars where it matters most, where they're ha- they will have the most impact, but don't be afraid of scaling up as well. I love the idea of continuous improvement. So if your scorecard is all green, I would almost challenge you that perhaps your objectives aren't high enough. Right. You know, Chelsea, I appreciate your time. Hopefully our audience has found a few ways to drive their business forward, starting with tracking their customer journey, optimizing where their audience is in the buying cycle and developing a a valuable reporting structure to keep their goals on track. Thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Never miss an episode by subscribing now to discover new resources and strategies. Visit c2penterprises.com to learn how we can help scale and secure your business. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, Information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening or viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P Enterprises, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax or legal advice.